Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Charge, powered by the Intermission Sports. As always, I'm your host, Joseph the Cashman Cachado. I'm the NBA editor here at the Intermission, and we're here for another great episode. I got some new co-hosts with me today, so if you guys want to go one by one and introduce yourselves, go ahead. Yeah, I guess I'll start off. Uh, my name is Chris Cho, aka Boy, aka Fresh Prince, and I'm an NBA writer for the Intermission. I'm Sam. I'm the head of the motorsport team at the Intermission Sports, along with uh, I write NBA content and other NFL content as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm Evan uh, Evan Brown, aka Brownie, aka High School, aka Apple Juice. I got <laughs> many names here at Intermission. Uh, I mostly write uh, hockey and baseball, but uh, basketball is kind of my tertiary sport in there. So I'm happy to be on here talking talking hoops. Beautiful. So like, yeah, I think we can start it off this week with something that's been very big in the in Toronto with the Raptors and the fact that they are absolutely sucking right now due to the health and safety protocols that have been put on their team. For a while, they were without their coaches. Now, and they're still now without Van Vliet, Siakam, OG, Malachi Flynn, and Pat McCaw. So, like, what do you guys think is happening now with these Raptors? Do you think there's a way to bounce back from this? Or is this the end of their playoff hopes? Um, For me, I feel like it's a huge step back. Uh, Obviously, with the way that the Raptors are constructed right now, I don't think they have much room for injuries to take place. Obviously, they lost a lot of key players in the free agency last year. And that kind of ruins the mold of the team. And obviously, the free agent signings that we had haven't lived up. Aaron Baines continue, continues to struggle all season long. Uh, Alex Len played like five games and then quickly dipped. And yeah, I don't know. I don't really, I'm, I think it's a little too extreme to say that the Raptors are done being in playoff contention, but it's definitely a really tough challenge right now, at least in this point of the season. Yeah, it's definitely weird seeing the Raptors at the bottom of the standings. You know, we've seen for so many years they've been at the top with Milwaukee along with the Celtics and stuff. And, you know, despite only winning one championship in that run and stuff, it's like, I don't think it's, 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 I don't know if it's too early to say, like, the playoff hopes are done. I think we'll definitely make the playoffs as, like, a seventh or eighth seed. I don't know if we're going to go as far as the conference championship. Depends on the health of the players. And I think the COVID protocols have really definitely put a big strain on our season as well as losing a number of major free agents um, like Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka in the offseason. And with the free agent signings that we just had, like Chris said as well, who have not lived up, it's just been an overall disappointing season for the Raptors. But I definitely think, still think with the players that we have, we can make a playoff push. But it's just it's going to be tough for sure. Personally, I don't even think at this point it's worth making that extra push. Like They could still make the playoffs as an eighth seed. It's just, do you really want to be an eighth seed? Like, is it worth it, like, to hold on to all these assets where they could get some return when you could be more than an eight seed? And, um, like, I'm not saying trade, like, Kyle Lowry and all that, like, a lot of fans are saying. But I think they could make something happen with, like, I don't think Powell is worth keeping, in my opinion. Like, he can score. Everyone's going to say, people might hate me for this, but he can score, but he has, like, one of the worst basketball IQs in the league, in my opinion. On defense, he's always out of the play. And on offense, he makes some questionable passes and decisions. But... If they can look to a way to improve the roster right now and then hopefully maybe just build towards getting a top three pick, 
you never know what could happen with this team in the future. But for right now, I don't think there's a chance of them winning a championship. So I wouldn't put all your eggs in the basket of being an eighth seed when odds are so low. Do you think they would tank or anything like that to get like the like to like a high draft pick, like maybe possibly Kate Cunningham coming out of the coming out of college? I'm not a big fan of like the whole tanking idea, just because I feel like if you're a professional sports team, I feel like your goal should never be to lose. It doesn't really make sense to me, but I think if you're like looking just to get a better draft pick, like not tanking, like where you just blow up the whole team, keep your assets the way it is, because this team right now, a lot of them are young still, like Van Vliet, Siakam, there's still a higher ceiling for them, so. And Lowry, I don't want to trade him. Let him walk at the end of the year if it happens or whatever, but it's not worth trading him. So I wouldn't say tank, but just kind of roll with what you got and trade the pieces that aren't going to be there in the future. Like Powell, who's already almost 30 and hasn't done more than what he's done so far. So I don't think it's worth keeping someone like him. But for the rest, of just keep it the way it is and just, I guess, go from there. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting situation for the Raptors. Honestly, the NBA as a whole, like just Adam Silver, because of the situation with the Raptors COVID protocols right now, has just been overall tough for them. That's why they've been on such a losing streak, like you were saying, Joseph, at the start, that they've just lost so many of their key guys. Like Van Vliet is such an important part of this team. Siakam is such an important part of this team. OG, and clearly the best part of this team, Patrick McCaw being out. That's that's the toughest part for the Raptors right now. And I think it's 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 just tough. And uh, I don't think they should be necessarily sellers at the deadline, but I also don't think they should be buyers. I think they should try to push for where they can, as as far as they can get to playoffs wise. Because uh, similarly to Joseph, I'm not a big tanking guy. I'm not a, like unless you're really really bad. I don't think tanking is really worth it. It's not fun sports to watch, and I don't think Raptors fans would want their team to tank uh, by any means. And by all means, please keep Kyle. Like don't don't do anything rash with him. Um. Well, going back to trade talks, um, since I feel like we're all in agreement that Kyle Lowry should not be in trade talks as of right now. And the, I'm just kind of wondering, like, who can we trade besides Norman Powell? Because I don't think we can get a big return on Norman because he's been struggling and I don't think teams want that. So besides trading Kyle Lowry, who else should we consider trading? We have to consider, like, trading away, like, some of our big names, like Siakam, maybe? I don't know. I don't... I'm not, <laughs> I don't agree with that. I think Siakam gets so much slander, and he's like such a key part of the team. Yeah. I just think I honestly wouldn't trade anyone because no one's gonna take a player like a Baines or like a Pat McCall at this point. So whatever, like let them ride out or buy them out or something like that. With Powell, I think you sell him now, like right now. He's on the hottest stretch of the season, and he does this every year. He gets that one little part where he just hits like a peak. He's doing right now. He's almost averaging 30 a game over like this span right now. I think it's like the last month or so since he became a starter. But I don't see it lasting. So I think sell high and get him out of Toronto at this point because I don't think he's going to be worth a $30 million contract in the offseason. Do we think we could get any value out of uh, the guy who Raptors Twitter has deemed uh, the nickname Redacted? Think we can get any value out of him? Because I know it's been obviously the whole situation in the offseason and he's been. He was great. He was pretty good last year. He looked like he had a lot of potential. Hasn't really fully developed this season. Could uh, partially be because of everything he had to deal with off the court and trying to get his head straight kind of thing. But do you guys think we could maybe get something out of him? Because, I mean, we could, I think. But it would be hard to find a potential potential suitor, I think. I don't think a redacted should even be like... Look, I don't think most teams will look at him just because he's not being held accountable, I feel, for anything he's done. And he shouldn't even be playing at this point. In my opinion, so I would just keep like not even keep him, him out, let him do whatever he wants. But I don't think he's worth even being in a trade talk. Yeah, it's just best for him to walk in free agency. 
it's just too much of a hassle to deal with them. And just the return that you're getting from them, I don't think you're like really missing much. Um, yeah. For the Raptors, though, I don't know. The center's position just needs to be like figured out. That's their main issue. But other than that, like I don't think there's much option. So, yeah, ride the season as it goes and just see what happens there. That's a good place to leave it on the Raptors. Um, <laughs> if you want to like get into we'll get into the next point now, which was the Houston Rockets, another team that's struggling even more than the Toronto Raptors, now on a 16-game losing streak. Was, hard, was it really Harden was the only good part of that team? Is that what we're learning here? Injuries. I mean, I definitely think that Christian Wood was a completely the Christian Wood injury was a huge step back for that Rockets team and also just I don't know on paper that team seems good but after Harden's trade and like the recent decision to let Cousins go I don't really know where the Rockets are at at this point in the season it's just kind of like a confusing no man's land but yet kind of tanking uh, situation so I don't think Harden was the only good thing in that team because just based off of the talent that they have, they should be within the AC. But I don't know, there's something about it. Well, like obviously when you look at Harden, like Harden did score a lot of points for the team, which I guess you could equate to winning because, you know, you need points to win games and stuff, which is one aspect of it. But as well, they've been struggling defensively. They've been struggling both sides of the ball, offensively, defensively. Obviously, they were hit with major injuries. And when you're here with major injuries and you proceed to lose, your team morale goes so low and it's hard to bear. It's very hard to bounce back when you are on a big major losing streak. You know, you're missing your key guys and stuff. So I just really think that they need to take some time, try to improve the team morale. Like, I know it sucks because it's COVID. You can't really go on like a team building thing, but like, you know, some sort of like, I guess they're all together, but like a team building activity wouldn't be the worst thing where they try to build up morale a bit. Because they clearly are suffering from it as well. And like Chris said as well, on paper, look at some of those guys. They got Victor Iladipo, um who else oh. they got? John Wall on their team as well. So like they have key they have good players on their team. It's just and obviously the center position is really a major issue for them because obviously when they release Marcus Cousins and I think like PJ Tucker played center for them at some like in some starting lineups and stuff and yeah. It's just, yeah, like they need a proper center if they want to be in this league. I know the center is a dying position, but he's still important in this league today, which is why they're probably struggling as well. I think they're just a very directionless team. And they have like a lot of guys that can play. I'm not a fan of John Wall. Everyone knows this already. I've shared my thoughts on John Wall before. But like other pieces, like Christian Wood is like the key point there. But if he's going to do it by himself, it's not really possible. And now there's PJ Tucker sitting until he gets traded. Um, there's the whole Oladipo situation where he wants out because he doesn't want to stay in Houston. She's like they have like a lot of good people, but they just don't want to be there. So if they're not going to want to be there, they're not going to put the effort, it seems. So they're very directionless. I know they have a lot of draft picks from that Harden trade, but I don't think people are realizing like that those draft picks could end up being nothing just because Brooklyn's good. And those picks, what are they going to be like? A, the 60th pick? Like, what are you going to do with that? The chance of getting like that star in the rough is so slim. And we see it like so rarely nowadays that it doesn't seem like they have any potential for the future anymore uh yeah and also they traded away a lot of their picks to okc back in that cp3 trade so they can't really build off the draft anymore and yeah houston's a pretty uh appealing market to some players but at the but the way with the team is it's just kind of a very uh lose or if a team if a player signs there is definitely just to for money reasons and not for anything else other than um money i just feel bad for john wall he's also my favorite player as well i missed the washington wizards days where he was on there and he's been killing it there it's just 
you should in place an uncircum or unconventional circumstance. As soon as Christian Wood went down, like you mentioned earlier, Chris, it it was it was done for the season for the for the Rockets. Any hope they had left uh, was in Christian Wood. He was outstanding so far, uh, so far through the season, and then obviously his injury. John Wall, uh, I'm I'm a fan of John Wall. He's not my favorite player, but uh, he does share the same birthday as me, so I think that's kind of fun. I, that's why I like him. But uh, yeah, I think it's just a tough situation for the uh, for the Rockets right now, and. In some cases, if you're a Rockets fan, you might look at this and say, okay, this losing streak is good because we're tanking. But like you mentioned, Chris, they traded away so many of their picks. It's harder, it's harder for them to tank in a situation like this. I don't know if they have their first round pick this year, uh, first round pick this year or not because of that OKC trade, but clearly something has not worked out there. And I mean, I think they'll eventually start to pick it back up, maybe. Uh, but it's, it starts, it starts with getting Christian Wood back, I think, because right now, Something clearly isn't working between John Wall and Oladipo. Oladipo sounds like he wants to be moved again, and it's 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 such a weird situation for Houston right now. And it's going to be interesting to see if they are actively shopping Wall or Oladipo again at the deadline for at least some draft capital because they need they need a bit of, a bit more of a better a better future for uh, for Rockets fans to look forward to. Yeah, so that's like negative points, I guess, of this episode. We can get into like a more positive note now with a team that's had one of the best turnarounds I think we've seen in a while with the Miami Heat. Started the season so poorly and then health and safety protocols got them as well. Butler was out, Hero was out, Dragic. They really had no one playing and they kind of fell apart. But now, since Butler's return, I think they're 16-4 and and Butler's averaging 23, like 7-8. and And he's just been carrying this team it seems and it shows like what a superstar he really is and the heat look dangerous again and right now they're my pick to go to the finals from that eastern conference what do you guys think of them uh i'm a miami heat fan just to get that out the way like i love just watching them play over the past few years and definitely the turnaround is definitely a result of them resolving that health and um safety protocols they were hit I, i believe they were hit like the most out of that whole situation because Jimmy Butler was out, then Goran Dragic was out, and then Tyler Hero has been kind of injury prone a little bit throughout the course of the season. I don't know if Bam was, was Bam healthy throughout the season? I think Bam stayed healthy the whole season. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, no, like Jimmy Butler, that whole situation was definitely a downfall for them. But after, uh, or after he came back, he's just the MVP of the season, really. Like he's really, Turning around this team and his his leadership and his on the court presence just as a whole is really key to the situation because there's a lot of young guys on that team. Um, I feel like Precious Chua was is the rookie. Tyler Hero is still a sophomore. Duncan Robinson still trying to figure out what to do. And yeah, there this is a team that needs guidance, and Jimmy Butler helps fill that role in. Although when it was just like a while ago when I was doing like my picks for like NBA finals and stuff, I didn't actually pick the Heat to go into the finals and stuff. I actually picked the Bucks. I thought the Bucks were finally going to make a big run this year and they were, Giannis was finally a step, but, but obviously this was obviously all before Brooklyn made the moves and they're now the, probably the favorites in the East, what many people said. But for me, honestly, the Miami Heat have yeah, gone on a big tear there. They're looking really strong. And I, it actually, it makes me excited for the Raptors because obviously the Raptors are kind of going through the same situation where they have a lot of players out and like, once those players come back, maybe we'll see the Raptors do a similar thing. Like they might go on a small tear, a smart, uh, small stretch where they start will start to win a lot of games and stuff, and that will show promise and stuff. But I definitely think they are dangerous. They're a team to watch for. Jimmy Butler, 
huge leadership ability. We saw what he did in Chicago and stuff, and the great success they well, some really using his ability there and stuff. But I think that coming into Miami, yeah, he's done a great job. And I think with the young players, like Chris has said, it's important to have strong leadership uh, for a team like Miami. And yeah, they, I think they're probably the closest threat to Brooklyn in the East, I'd say, for challenging that to the trip to the finals. I, I agree with that, Sam. I think, uh, well, I, I think I picked Miami at the start of the year to make it to the finals. I can't remember if I did or not. But um, I do think they are a dangerous team when healthy. And that'll be the key for the rest of the season. If they can stay healthy, then I think they have a decent chance of making the finals. It's all going to come down to if, A, the Bucks make any big moves at the deadline, I think, because I think we all know Giannis, and he's he's going to be pushing that team as far as he can. Drew Holiday has been really good for them this season as well. And the Brooklyn Nets, obviously. So it's going to be it's going to be a dogfight, I think, between – and even the 76ers are there too. They might be adding at the deadline. They've been rumored with Kyle Lowry, which hopefully that doesn't happen, but they've been rumored with that. So I think there's a lot – There's those are like – I think you're, those are your top four teams in the East right now, and it's going to be fun to watch them battle it out. But if the Heat continue on this tear that they're on right now and if they can stay healthy, I can easily see them taking, taking the Eastern Conference and heading to the finals. I think the problem with the East is that all the main – contenders like those top four teams they all have a little bit of like weaknesses that's been pointed out throughout the year like the bucks like they have their tendencies where they go on their bad stretches and they kind of lose their momentum um the sixers i just i don't know i feel like they're not a playoff team yet and joel Embiid, he's an mvp caliber player and he's having an mvp season but if you watch him play as soon as he gets like a little bit like he struggles a bit he kind of loses all motivation towards the game it's one of my biggest issues with him and there's boston is struggling so I feel like there's so many openings, but out of all of them, I feel like the Heat have the least of it. Just because when the Heat don't have their offense going, I think they have one of the big, like, best and most, like, dogfighting defenses in the league. Where they're going to go out there and give 110% on every defensive play. So I don't see if a team like that is going up against a team that's having a bad offensive run, they're going to smoke them all. So that's why I have the Heat above those other teams. What would you say is the Nets' weakness, uh, Joseph? Because you mentioned all the time, kind of talking about in the East having one. Too many cooks in the kitchen, man. Yeah, that's fair. And I think defense a bit as well. But yeah, the def- their defense is atrocious. But I feel like a team like that, if you have, if they can work to them, they put up like 150 points a night, their defense can be forgotten. At the end of the day, if they all don't mesh well together, because we've barely seen all three of them play together. So I'm still not sold on if it works or not. But it could come crumbling down very fast. And to your point, Joseph, about Miami, like their defense is like, I believe like their defensive rating is third and their offense is eighth. So it's like, even if, even if they're struggling offensively, their defense is there to still pick it up and still win them games. Even if it's like low scoring, scrappy games. But yeah, like in a Brooklyn as well. Yeah, like their defense is really bad. And yeah, they can score a lot of points and stuff like that. And I think they can substitute that. But at the end of the line, defense is, you know, in any sport, defense wins the championship. There's going to be moments when you need defensive stands. And I think if Brooklyn comes down to it, you go to like East Finals and stuff. And like they're playing Miami, let's say, you know, game seven in Miami. They can't make a defensive stop and stuff like against Miami. Then I think that could be a big weakness that has to be revealed. And also, too many Type A personalities between those guy type of guys and stuff, or too many cooks in the kitchen, like you said as well, running the ball. So another big weakness weakness for Brooklyn. Yeah, definitely. One thing I'll give Brooklyn though, I've seen them like the big adjustment I noticed was Harden's whole change of play style. So I respect, I appreciate that. And if that ends up working when Durant comes back, we might see some success because I never thought of Harden as a primary playmaker. He's always been a scorer. So it's been a new type of play stuff. So we'll see if it works with Durant there. So, so many ifs in that situation. Yeah. Next we can talk about... Oh, sorry, Chris. Go ahead. Oh, no, it's just like, I was just... Like, since we were focused on Brooklyn, I was just uh, thinking about the Blake Griffin signing as well. And I don't know if 
it really was beneficial for Brooklyn to bring on a guy like Blake Griffin. Not because, like, I still am a big believer in Blake Griffin being a good basketball player. Because just, I mean, if I was in Detroit, I wouldn't be trying either way. So it's interesting to see how he would play. But, like, that's just way too much uh, offensive power and um, sort of conflicting egos, I guess, to bring on one team. Because besides scoring, Blake Griffin isn't really a great defender. He's not a strong rebounder as well, which I feel like those two areas are what Brooklyn needed to uh, improve on. So, yeah, it's just kind of weird, that whole dynamic with Brooklyn. If Brooklyn had kept their starting lineup the way it is now and just was able to hold on to Jared Allen from that trade, I feel like they would 100% be the favorites. But they're missing that defensive anchor, so it's really open-ended. That was my one problem with the Harden trade was then it was them giving up Jared Allen. If you could have figured out a way to not give up Jared Allen in that trade, maybe you trade DeAndre Jordan instead. I think they would be an even more super superpower team. So I think I think Jared Allen is the better center than DeAndre Jordan at their, both their points in the career and for the future. And I think Jared Allen just defensive wise would be such a huge boost for that Nets team that we really would make them the true contender out of the East and definitely the uh finals favorite even then they could have um waited before they signed Blake or Blake Griffin to get a guy like DeAndre or not DeAndre Andre Drummond from the trade market I like the last time he was traded to Cleveland I think Detroit only gave a second round pick in return yeah yeah, so I wouldn't think that the situation has changed from then to now so I feel like the value on Drummond would have been pretty small and it would have been really beneficial for Brooklyn. I like Drummond. I like his rebounding. I don't know how I'm not a big fan of his defense, I feel, just because he is slow and he doesn't I don't think he's as good as a defender as he could be. But it's definitely I think who would have been better than Blake Griffin in that situation. Well we're talking about moves, so let's get into our next topic here, which is the looming trade deadline. There's so many people on the market it seems this year, and I feel like there's a lot of teams that could make some big splashes. Is there any, like, in particular that you guys want to mention right off the bat? Boston. I feel like Boston really needs a trade because, I mean, I don't think Kemba is needed in that team, and I feel like you can get someone in return. Yeah, sorry, Sam, what were you going to say? Uh, I know I was going to say, I don't know, but I got a spicy trade. This might, like, a potential trade, which I think could draw some controversy, but um, I really think that, like, Daniel Tice for the Celtics has been struggling at the center position for them, and I, they, they do need a center. So I think Nikola Vucevic would be that perfect guy because he's been having an outstanding season. He's averaging 25 points per game this year. And I think that if they can give up Jalen Brown, I know it, it seems like a – I know Jalen Brown for Nikola Vucevic seems like a wild trade, and it may be crazy. But if you look at it, it does make, it does make sense because obviously Jalen Brown, small forward, they, they do need a small forward. The Magics do. They don't really have like a big-time – Small forward, I think he would be a good addition. Obviously, I don't know how much he wants to go to the Orlando Magic, but that's my trade. I know Evan's probably like st- laughing probably at this trade or steaming, but let's see. Let's my thing, uh, my thing is just I think that's such an interesting one because that is, like you said, that is a spicy trade. I'll give you that. It's just the Jalen Brown thing. That that's a very interesting one. That is a no, very interesting one. The charge episode. I said trade Jalen Brown too, so I'm not too against it. But mine was for Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, that's 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 a bit much. I think Same. that's 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 a bit much. I think Towns if you get, gonna ever work out in Minnesota. Yeah, I know, but 
I like that trade actually. I, I think that trade. Ah uh, like, no, Celtics would need to give up more. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think they could give up definitely more, throwing some like picks or like throwing a couple young guys. But Towns, I feel like you guys are valuing Towns too high. He's never lived up to the hype that much, man. Nah, he's really, he's really good, at that, especially last game. Like I think he finished off the game at thirty-two and. He had, he, was, yeah, he had 32. Yeah, he's on my fantasy team. He was. He's, <laughs> he's amazing. I'm not. Not, I'm not doubting his talent. I think he has the potential to be the best center in the NBA. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because oh yeah. I don't think it's ever going to work on Minnesota. So. Oh yeah. I'd pull the trigger and see if with Boston, but like obviously I don't know. Jalen Brown seems to be like he's having the best season of his career. So it's hard to like think of trading someone that young and that talented. See, I would rather I would rather give up Kemba for Breach. I just feel I so bad for Kemba in that situation. Sending him to I another- know, but Kemba's gonna get his money, man. It's just he's fine. <laughs> I mean, him and Markel Fultz, like that combo, if they can stay healthy, that would be a decent decent one two punch. They could kinda roll what the Raptors were doing with two point guards at the uh, like point guard shooting guard with him uh, Larry and Van Vliet. Not a bad option. Not yeah, a bad but option. I- but I feel though if you if you trade Jalen, you still have Jason Tatum, who's still really good. So that's like that's what I was looking at. It was like you could like they have two really good small forwards or five forwards. So if you give up one of them and get a center in return, that's a win in my mind. Plus, like you solve your center issue, you get someone who's decently who's good defending, who can score, which I think is something actually that the Raptors need as well as a scoring center as well. Uh yeah, I'm really interested in that trade because like sending Jalen Brown to Orlando, that'd be kind of like a Tracy McGrady type of move or just a type of team, I guess. But for me, in my personal opinion, uh, I feel like the Celtics center position is not that bad. I mean, they'd still have Tristan Thompson, which is a pretty valuable piece. And then you got a young guy like Robert Williams who can jump to the, to the top of the stadium if he wants to. And yeah, so I don't think the center position is, um, much of a problem. I just think that. Um, again, injuries, it seems like it's always been the, the party pooper in basketball, but, um, yeah, like Kemba has kind of been lacking Marca or Marcus Smart has been injured for the longest time right now. And it just kind of, um, I don't think there's much of a, what's the word? Like there's not really that same success that they're, um, that they had before. When Kemba initially came something's not clicking is what you're trying yeah, to say. Yeah, something's not clicking, and I guess it's just the dynamic of the team now. Now that Jason Tatum has kind of rose up to this to his level, at, um, and then Jalen Brown making a huge jump in his play, so it kind of puts Kemba in a weird position where he has to play uh, the third role or the third man in the big three. So. I think just getting him out of Boston for any sort of piece, like any, like, um, like you said, a big name center or just some key role player that can fill in that point guard spot, uh, would be very beneficial for Boston. Two things as well, uh, with the Celtics. You mentioned Marcus Smart. He should be coming back soon, I've heard. I think he, I think he might have. Just played a couple of days ago. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I know he has been like very close to coming back from that injury. He has been out a while and I know that's been tough for them. And there was, I mean, it's been going on forever, these talks, but there was more talks today about how uh, Tristan Thompson has been linked to the Raptors again and then potentially uh, making a trade with the Raptors for uh, Thompson. So I don't know. We'll see. The Celtics are, Celtics are going to have to make some interesting decisions over the next 
a few weeks leading up to trade deadline for sure. I think Kemba is definitely the odd man out. And if you can swap Kemba for a center and then just bring in like any point, just a pass first point guard. You don't even need a scoring point guard at that point. Throw in anyone in that role to be the pass first guy. You're going to pass to Brown, Tatum, or Vooch, and you're, you're winning games that way. I was thinking that like maybe a guy like Mike Conley could be a good swap. Or like I know this is a big stretch, but I'm a huge fan of the Aaron Fox. Um, no. <laughs> so maybe that's a, that's a big name. If they throw, if somehow the moon, if all the planets line up and that trade happens for Boston, that'd be huge. That'd be huge. Even a Rondo, I think, would help. Rajon Rondo would help too. Yeah. Pass first guy, veteran leadership. Someone type like thing. a Rondo, like a very like cheap utility pass option, not a star. I don't think they need it at that point. I think you just need someone who can come in like average fifteen points a game and still also get like really good passing. Because if you have like if you let's say for example you keep Jalen Brown but you trade someone else like Kemba and you still have Jason Tatum, those two guys can easily drop like twenty five thirty a night, and then you know you have your bench your bench scoring and stuff, and it's a nice overall distribution. How about this? Uh, just an interesting name to throw out there, because he's had he's had one of the better seasons of his career so far, and he's definitely a pass first guy, but has shown his underrated scoring touch. It would take a lot, uh, I think, for them to part ways, but uh, you'd start to think Alonzo could be an interesting uh, piece to that Celtics team, because he's been shooting a lot better this season, pass first kind of guy. I know he's had good connections uh, with Zion, and obviously the Pelicans want to keep him as their starting point guard. But if the name, I think Jalen Brown would be a bit much, but if a Kemba comes up there, I don't know, man. That would be that would be an interesting one. Lonzo Lonzo's an interesting player, and I I I wonder how his passing ability and his newfound ability to actually start shooting a little bit better. I wonder how that plays into his value with the Pelicans. I think you could get Lonzo for less than even Kemba. Like, I don't think they'd give up. They'd want much. I feel like the Pelicans don't value him at all. And clearly they're choosing Bledsoe as the point guard they want to run with, which is a horrible decision. But That's true. That's true. I forgot about Bledsoe there. And, yes, it is a horrible decision that they're running with Bledsoe. Yeah, so like I feel like Lonzo's kind of become the odd man out when it doesn't really need to be that way. So I feel like if Lonzo is on his way out, it won't take much to get him. So where he ends up is a big question mark in my opinion. He's seeing or picturing Alonzo in a Boston uniform. I right <laughs> after he started his career in a Lakers uniform just doesn't sit well for me. But I mean that's a really good um piece that Boston needs. I mean Alonzo is a good player for any team, I believe. Um he can defend, he can pass, he can pretty good uh counter shoot player. And I feel like he's growing into that sort of Jason Kidd type of role. Or even, uh, I don't know who I'm thinking of, but just Jason Kidd as a whole. Like, I feel like those comparisons are starting to uh, be a little more realistic. So, yeah. Another team that I think needs to make a move, they're not really in that conversation that much because they're an eighth seed or a seventh seed now. But the Charlotte Hornets, they're a really good team, but they have three young point guards who all need, like, do the same thing. At the end of the day, I think you ship one of those three, obviously not Melo. But I think between, well, Rozier's having a career year too. So I would say Devontae Graham's kind of grown to become that guy that's not needed anymore when you replace him with Lamelo. So if you can find a way to ship him out and get, I think their biggest weakness would be the big man position because Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo aren't really going to put up numbers. So if you can find a guy to fill that center role, I feel like that'd be a good option just to get 
one of those two point guards out because you don't need all three. Give them a chance to shine elsewhere. Would you possibly see maybe like Gordon or Vucevic heading there to Charlotte for possibly? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't. I don't think they're in that big market yet, Charlotte. Where I think they just ship them out. It's going to be for a younger center, like someone kind of in that same age range where they have potential to grow. I honestly can't even think of a name off the top of my head, but I feel like there's got to be someone out there that could interest them. I don't necessarily have a name, but just while we're talking about teams that like might do something when the teams don't necessarily expect them to, Utah Jazz have looked pretty good this year. And to me, I think if they want to compete with, I mean, they've been, they've been outstanding all year long. They're still one of the top teams in the West right now. Uh, Donovan Mitchell uh, has been killing it for them this year. But I wonder if, if you add one more forward in there, because you're starting two forwards right now are Bojan Bogdanovich and Royce O'Neal. If you could add another forward in there, uh, that could be a pretty, pretty dangerous team, in my opinion, that could be competing with some of the best in that West. Just, even the Nuggets could maybe do that as well type thing because they are very similar on how they're set up. Good guards and then good center. Maybe just adding an extra forward in there. Although the Nuggets have Michael Porter Jr. So that's a bit of a step up than Bojan Bogdanovic in my opinion. But never know what the Jazz might do. I think, yeah, the Jazz, they they could benefit from another player. I don't think they... I don't think there's anyone available or anyone they're willing to part ways with to bring someone in. I understand they're buyers. But I don't know yeah. how much of a buyer they really are. That's like the one the issue. Yeah, the Nuggets, though. I think the Nuggets have to make a move because they have a lot of talent. It's yeah. just not working this year for some reason. We're not seeing the same team we saw in the bubble. So if you can add one more piece, it's just somewhere to fill in. It's like they have guys like Paul Millsap, who's just not what he used to be. If you you need like a forward, even a six-man on that Nuggets team, someone to bring a little more energy. I just feel like the Nuggets have a lot of – there's just a lot of unfortunate events just on part of Nuggets because – Jamal Murray hasn't been like that huge superstar that we thought uh, we were uh, getting from this season, especially what he did in the bubble. And I like Michael Porter Jr., but I feel like defensively he's not there all the time. I really like his potential, but as of right now, he's just really young, and I don't think he um, is really the type of player that the Nuggets need. I mean, you would. I mean, you obviously want to keep Michael Porter Jr., but from what uh, the Nuggets are struggling with right now, which I feel like is their defense. I feel like Michael Porter doesn't really serve uh, that great of a purpose in that end. Um, yeah, and then Paul Millsap, of course, um, is not doing too good. And yeah, I just feel like they lost a lot of um, depth with Jeremy Grant leaving that season. Or, and then there's a bunch of things. Yeah, like they definitely need a trade probably for maybe for someone from Utah even. Probably like I don't know if Joe Ingles maybe a guy that's available. I feel like yeah. Utah is a he's basically the cornerstone of that Utah team, but maybe just a guy like him could uh, help the Nuggets out. Well, in another team in a similar boat where they're top of the near the top of the standings in the West, that kind of might look to add, but I don't know whether they could, they could only use just a six man. But the Phoenix Suns, man, they've been underrated and really really good this year. Booker Chris Paul has worked out really well. Mikael Bridges has been playing well. DeAndre Ayton, coming off of his PED suspension last year, has been doing pretty well. So I wonder if maybe if they get a six-man, they could really start to push for that top seed in the West, too. Like, there there are a couple teams. They need a forward. They need, like, a four. True. They do need a four. Right now, they're, yeah, they're depth chart lists, uh, Frank Kaminsky and Jay Crowder. So yeah, that's not... 
Not Jay the greatest. Crowder's a sol- Jay Crowder's the sixth man, in my opinion. He's the guy that needs to become that sixth man. Yeah, you know, that's true. You need to get true. that four. And I thought Blake Griffin should have went to the Suns. Me too, honestly. Me too. That would have been that would have been an elite elite lineup for them if they got a Blake Griffin. Yeah, they just need Lamarcus Aldridge is available now, so if they go for some, that could work. Too. That would be nice. That would be nice. He's a guy I want. I want the Raptors to maybe take a look at as well. He might be a decent. He's not a. He's more of a power forward in my opinion than a true center, but yeah, I think he would be a definitely a good piece for the Raptors as well. Another trade that's been rumored heavily that I really like is uh, PJ Tucker to the Lakers. I'm a big PJ Tucker fan. I like the hustle, and he's there to he's there to play defense and hit threes, and he does that better than anyone. Like for that role where he's not expected to be putting up 20 a game, but he's going to stop someone else from putting up 20 on him. So, I mean, the Lakers need that type of guy. And they have players there that seem they're having a rough season to the Lakers, in my opinion. I know they're still atop the, they're near the top of the standings, but without AD, they look pretty directionless. KCP is having a horrible year. Uh, yeah, like there's lots of guys that just aren't panning out, it seems. So, if you add in a player of PJ Tucker's caliber, I think it's a big benefit. And it takes some of the defensive load off of LeBron and AD. Yeah, in my opinion, like I feel like people uh, think that the Lakers are one of this like the big powerhouses when it comes to defense, but really, I feel like they're watching their games. They're kind of in the middle of the pack because sometimes they'll just let they'll just give up on defense and let these teams get on these huge runs when they're up big. And so having a guy like PJ Tucker is definitely uh, beneficial and. Uh, from a team that lost Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee, all these interior presence in the paint. I feel like having a guy who doesn't, is nowhere uh, near the interior defender as Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee are. I feel like just having that type of guy who's the, the bulldog, the, the, like, the, just the, just the big guy that's, um, uh, just, just gonna help the team. He's never going to give up on a play. I know what you mean. Like, he's that hustle guy that they need. Yeah. He's kind of fumbled there and kind of voice cracked in there. <laughs> um, any other teams you guys see making some big moves on the top of the standings? The Clippers. What do you think of the Clippers? You think they're... Clippers? They have no moves to... Or they have no players to move, really. That's the problem. They need. They could use an extra piece, I think, but they don't have enough to give up. Yeah. And that's the one issue with the Clippers. I just... The thing with the Clippers team is just the dynamic between Kawhi and Paul George. It's not like any other duo that we've seen where they kind of, where there's a clear dynamic between the two, like with Dwayne and LeBron. <laughs> with Dwayne and LeBron, uh, Dwayne was obviously like the secondhand scorer, while LeBron was that guy. With the Clippers, you don't know who's um, the main guy and who's the secondary option in that team. Sometimes Paul George may come out as the top option. Sometimes Kawhi should or should and will be the um, top option. So it just creates that weird dynamic. And for that, I feel like they won't be as good as they thought they would be. Yeah, I don't think that team wins a championship. Yeah, no, it's just... I don't think they're close to it. And Lou Will is very is like struggling this year, as well as uh, Reggie Jackson and Patrick Beverly. Uh, sorry, Sam, you're, you're going to say something. No, I was just saying, like, it's just interesting because I was like, when, you know, Kawhi Leonard originally went to the Clippers and stuff and, like, to join with Paul George, people would think, like, possibly it's like they could win a championship, but clearly it's not worked out. And I think this is the second year that Paul jo- or that Kawhi Leonard is on his deal, I think, or second deal in the third year as a player option. So if things don't work out, he could, he could possibly see him leave LA and go elsewhere. 
if you know things aren't changed and stuff and i think if the dynamic isn't created and to your point chris as well yeah there's no there's no clear i think there's no clear alpha dog on that team i think like Kawhi leonard could be considered the alpha dog and like what maybe he's like the leader of the team but it's it's really like a close battle between him and paul george if compared to like other teams and stuff when you look at the lakers like it's clearly lebron is that alpha dog or alpha man on that team and i think they need to have that person to have that strong leadership be like this is the way that we need this team to go so that we can continue because they're having a good season they're like they're 25 and 15 is their team record but they need that alpha dog to step i mean again i know quite Kawhi is a quiet guy but i think that you know someone like that or someone like you know he, he or paul george needs to step up and step into that leadership role i felt like we saw that oh sorry yeah oh, you go on just no i, I felt like we saw that power struggle in the bubble and because we've seen Kawhi struggle for the first time in the postseason in a long time. And I feel like it's because of that play style and with Paul George struggling as well. It, and also Lou Will and also Montre, um, Montrez, like there's not, nothing's going to get done. The Clippers, if like they don't set up that clear, um, that clear line where Kawhi, you're the guy, Paul George, you're going to be behind me. And if I'm struggling, I'm counting on you. Yep. I think Kawhi should be the top player on that team. I don't why he's the best, in my opinion. Just with someone like Kawhi, I don't think he's a big locker room leader, if that makes sense, like just because of his persona and the way he is around the media. Where I think what they're missing is that guy that can step up. Where Paul George, I don't know if he's a locker room guy either because he's never been that guy in his career, I feel. So where they benefited was him on the Raptors. He had Lowry behind him where Lowry's the locker room leader. And they're missing that now. And then they also don't have a lot to surround him with. Like, he's playing with, like, Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson. They're not guys that are going to win championships. I'm so, like, it's just not going to happen. Out of the two, I don't think Kawhi leaves the Clippers for the rest of his career. That's my opinion. Just because I feel like he hates free agency. And he said it. He didn't enjoy it. So if anyone's leaving that team, it's going to be Paul George. You stole my point as well about Kawhi needing, like, or Kawhi. Uh, being the quiet guy in the locker room and then with the Raptors it was so beneficial for him because he didn't have to be that guy that spoke out he could be the quiet the quiet guy that just showed everybody how good he is where Lowry was the guy leading talk in the room he was the guy leading the charge um, pumping the guys up when they needed a bit of a boost in the locker room and then even guys like Marcus Saul with the veteran presence there that was why the Raptors won that championship is because they had not only a star player in Kawhi Leonard who could go out there and get the job done when we needed it, but also he didn't have to be that vocal guy that we know he's not. He's not a vocal guy. We all know it. And it comes down to, or, and he had, it's because he had that guy in Kyle Lowry who could speak up. And I wonder if you, because of guys like Paul George and maybe even a Patrick Beverly, because we know he likes to talk some crap uh, to opponents that we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. And we don't know how much of a, uh, effect he, he might have as well as Paul George on that locker room and I think the biggest thing with the Lakers or no with the Clippers as well is that they don't really have I'm trying to think like I think they have a lead guy like if Kawhi Leonard is that lead guy but they need a strong supporting cast and I think in the bubble we saw that it wasn't there between Paul George Patrick Beverly you know Nicholas and Serge Ibaka and oh no it's not Serge Ibaka but like you know Reggie Jackson Lee Williams all those guys that you know like great teams that have success that we have seen success like the Raptors who I'm going to bring up again for again but they had that star guy who scored a lot of points and they had a great supporting cast that just, you know, averaged a decent amount of points that were able to win them games and, you know, win them playoff games. And I think that's right now where the Clippers are struggling is that they don't really have that strong supporting cast around Kawhi Leonard and or Paul George, whoever that lead guy is. And if Paul George does leave, 
who do you bring in as a secondary guy or a third guy, third scoring guy to come in to be that locker room guy? Like you need someone like veteran leadership who's very like maybe you bring in Rajon Rondo as well. Like he's a, probably a good guy that you could bring in who's a strong locker room guy who could be a good leader and stuff. That's kind of my potential trade roughly, like where you get bring in a Rajon Rondo type guy. Yeah, the problem with the Clippers too is that they're such a dying market. I don't even think they're gonna be in LA for that much longer, just because. LA is the, the Lakers. That's their city. And it, it's hard to replicate this amount of success that the Lakers have had and to get the same fan reaction. So at the end of the day, I feel like it's only a matter of time until they're relocated. And once that happens, there's Kawhi gone, in my opinion, if it happens while he's still playing. Just because his whole thing was, I want to be in LA because that's where my family is. So it kind of defeats the whole purpose now. If he leaves, you never know. LeBron retires and they switch over to Kawhi. Um... Yeah, like, if that happens, I don't think Kawhi is going to stay there for the Clippers. But I heard that if the Clippers are relocating, I heard it was in San Diego, and that's where Kawhi's family mainly resides. But, yeah, no, like, I feel like if they go there, maybe, I mean, just the relocation, I feel like it's just an irrelevant point from where the team is right now. It's just kind of, like, it's a cool thing that they're leaving L.A. because... Finally, they're not considered the little brothers to the Lakers. Um, but yeah, like if they don't switch up something in that team, like or make maybe I don't even know who's in free agency anymore. But like if they don't go after like a big third guy that can help bring that locker room leadership, that fire in them, I feel like they're just in a pretty bad yeah. spot. Really, I feel like there's nowhere for them to go at this point. Yeah. And the only name I could think of, everyone's going to hate me for this, but in free agency, the kid from really? Philly, Kyle Lowry, would be the perfect fit on that team, and he would take them to that next step. No one wants to see it, but if anyone... That's why they've been so trade about, like, yeah. Yeah, the reason they've been so involved in trade talks with him is because, A, it worked out in Toronto. They saw it work out where Lowry could be the leadership guy uh, and Kawhi worked there, but also because they really could use that, that type of a player that yeah. Kyle Lowry brings. So, um... We didn't even talk about them so enough, I feel. Just one other thing. I want to hear one trade to close this episode. One trade you guys want to see the Raptors make. Just the Raptors. Because this is, we're based in Toronto. We got to do it. Just one. Okay. Just one trade I know, make. I know, I know I'm going to get some flack for this because y'all don't want to see him go. But um, despite his age and based on how big his contract is, if we can move Kyle Lowry, if we can move Kyle Lowry, it would be beneficial to the team. And as well, okay, thinking about Kyle Lowry, I know he's like he's he's old. He he's age. You know, he's like 30, 35. Not a lot of teams might not want him. Some teams do because they want that veteran veteran leadership. He can still put down eighteen points a game. But I think that if the Raptors can get him for Aaron Gordon, who they really could use, like another center or power forward position, I think that would be my trade. That'd be my trade. I know it's I'm gonna get like a lot of hate for this because you know it Sam. might not make sense. I know. What, what I am very conflicted. I am very conflicted with you right now. I don't know whether to hate you or love you because Aaron Gordon would be a nice piece, but mm, Kyle Lowry. Mm. I want to end on the hot take, so I want to I want to hear what you guys. <laughs> and plus, it would also include a 2021 first round pick if Kyle Lowry and so that. Well, would there would have so, to be some extras. Yeah, yeah, there would also have to be some extras as well, along with Kyle Lowry. But what are your thoughts on that? That would be that would be something, man. I I still think I still think the Raptors' best play right now is to just go after either Andre Drummond, although I'm not the I'm, I'm honestly not the biggest fan of Drummond. 
I'm a I'm a prefer honestly a Lamarcus Aldrich, even though he hasn't been as like productive as Drummond this season. I think a Lamarcus Aldrich would fit well. Uh, but then again, I don't know if you could do if you could do redacted for Aldrich, or like with some extras in there. I mean that would be that would be a tough one to do. Obviously, you might have to throw in. Uh, I mean, hey, if you throw in Pat McCaw, then the Spurs are winning the championship. So I mean, that's that's how that works. But um, there would Evan's logic have to forever. Be Evan, Evan's logic right there. Any team that exactly. Pat on, he he wins a championship. That's, that's hey man, Evan's it's logic, it's so. just the facts. He's facts. three teams, three championships. It's, it's how it works. Chris, what's your Raptors move? I mean, like I know we kind of been over this briefly uh, earlier in the episode, but I'm I'm a firm believer that we need to get rid of. Pascal Siakam, I just, I don't like him. Like, I, I don't know. Because, <laughs> okay, here's my gripe with Pascal. When he was first, like, on the come up, when Kawhi was there and Siakam started seeing all this success, success people were really, like, were really, like, boasting him up like he was going to be, like, the next big thing of Toronto basketball. But I saw some of his, or just from the eye test, I didn't really see a lot in him. And he's kind of proving that throughout the most recent, uh, throughout, like, you know, the bubble season where he struggled tremendously. And then now where he's kind of been at this weird 50-50 where he's playing good, but also uh, showing a lot of uh, weaknesses in his game. So I feel like um, just trading him for... I don't know who we can get in return, but just trading him for someone that can either match or um, be a little bit better than Pascal would be great. Yeah, yeah, but how, how can you trade? Pa- like, I don't like trading Pascal because even though he's been struggling, but he's so young. So, like, who do you get? Who do you get out of that? That's just as yeah. good, and that you're gonna get the return and stuff. Because if you're trading Pascal because he's not working out, so like, how many teams are gonna want that? Like, some teams are gonna really like. Okay, they're just making a dumb move because they're trading Pascal. Or other teams are like, why do we want Pascal? So do you have an idea of who they might like? Who would possibly go to Toronto in the place of Pascal? I, to be honest, I don't really know because uh, when it comes to uh, just trades, I'm not really that informed because like I don't really have a really wide scope of who we can get in return. But I do think that we can get someone. Maybe since we were talking about Boston, I feel like we can get like Jalen Brown, but it wouldn't I just really be thought beneficial. that. I was like, how ridiculous uh, Jalen Brown and Siakam swap. I don't want to see it, but I, I don't wouldn't want to see that either. Man. I want to see like a big man coming back. Maybe even Vucevic. I don't know, but I feel like I just don't want to see Pascal gone. I just don't want to see Pascal gone. I think I think you stick with Spicy P. But I don't know. Like it's just he's he's given me a lot of ammo for me to really dislike him i'd say so putting a chip on his shoulder yeah this this is gonna he's gonna take this person yeah fuel fuel (laughs) his fire yeah fuel his fire go ahead chris keep 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 talking that keep saying he's gonna get traded stop with this news (laughs) let me close the episode with my raptors trade this one's for pop intermission alex larry to the heat for hero and precious make it happen and on that, oh my. thank you everyone for listening to another episode of The Charge powered by the Intermission Sports. We'll see you guys soon. Thank you.
no come here so feel love. They up on a mission, me no come for sweet talk. No bag of chatting, so me no come for skylock. Put the yaffy walk till all me body shine up. If I'm on the yaffy run, no no fi tell me where it cost. She say I'm on a rubbish, she money.